0: announcement the hemp revolution will not be televised i repeat the hemp revolution will not be televised welcome to the hemp revolution podcast guys this is Sonia Gomez coming to you live from Denver Colorado and in today's episode of the hemp revolution we are going to be diving into a filler Colorado Alex Corin, the CEO and founder of uncanny wellness a hemp derived CBD company specializing in water soluble formulations for adding to coffee and other beverages yum he has a background in ecological design, sustainable food production, alternative healing modalities, and cannabis science. Love this topic and this conversation. Yeah. His experience with the amazing cannabis plant ranges from beyond organic outdoor cultivation to super critical CO2 hemp extraction and refinement. Without further ado, give a nice Warm welcome to our guest, Alex Korn. What's up, Alex? How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for the introduction. It's good to be on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Nice to see a fellow young buck Coloradan in the industry.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the right place to be. That's for sure.
0: Right place, right time. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into cannabis science and the hemp movement and all the things?
1: so you know it really starts all the way back to um from new jersey originally Mm -hmm. and i remember even as a kid out there you know when i first started getting into uh like smoking pot i was even back then fascinated by the like genetic variety of different strains and how much you know difference there was and different phenotypes and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. i guess i was kind of a nerd about it right from the get-go um But then, you know, in college, I started studying environmental science and a lot of that focus was on more of a, you know, remediating the environment, kind of fixing the damage that we've already done. And hemp, you know, clearly stands out as a plant that is extremely powerful and beneficial that we could all use to remediate the earth, let alone all these other benefits. So I kind of, you know, was just always interested in that continued on after college And I ended up working on a cannabis farm, doing, you know, full seed through harvest in California. It is, you know, 99, six foot tall, organic, outdoor. Where were you? I was up in Northern California, like right near uh, the Mendocino County, Lake County border.
0: Okay, so my mom owns property in Upper Lake. Uh, no way yeah and like yeah. Ukiah was a stomping ground yeah. for us Saratoga Farms like yep Ukiah that's was like
1: the closest town we'd go to when we returned yeah. to civilization um, <laughs> yeah. we had views of Clear Lake from the, the property we were on so beautiful
0: so you are in like, like really Lakeport nice. area
1: exactly yeah. yeah gorgeous yeah you know it not many yeah. people do
0: yeah no, I fully know like i Blue Lakes was my backyard. I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. We have yeah. to, <laughs> it's 119. The plants are happy. I'm going swimming.
1: Yeah, got to find the swimming holes in the summer yeah, out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so so that was a really amazing experience because it got me, you know, as, as hands-on with the plant as you could be. And, you know, it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing watching that plant go from a seedling to a six-foot-tall, beautiful monster of a plan in only a span of a few months. And um, so after that, I knew that, you know, this whole industry is emerging. How lucky am I to be developing my professional career right when this is happening? Yeah. And if I don't jump in in some way, then what am I waiting for? You know, it's like a clear opportunity that so many people have come before and probably wish they had. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I just knew that I didn't really want to focus about the, you know, getting high part. I wanted to focus on the health aspects because, you know, my other interests include just the healing process and trying to live a healthier life and a healthier environment for everybody. So that's when I decided to come out to Colorado and to really jump into the hemp space. Um, and I've I had family out here that's like in the natural product industry. I had some friends out here from college, from Vermont. So it was kind of an easy place for me to land. And just so happened beginning of 2016, like this was even more the epicenter for hemp than it is now. So it was, it was all kind of just lined up perfectly. Yeah, then from there, you know, I moved here really with a backpack. It was just starting fresh. The first job I got was at a, uh, a hemp processing facility. So they would wow. grow. We had a warehouse filled with bales of raw plant material. And so we would, you know, it was just me and one other guy. We were the lab techs. And so we would run it through the extractor and take it from that crude extract, you know, process it out. And it was all super critical CO2. And then we would do the final, you know, pulling out all the fats and waxes and finally putting it into that product form. So I was making like liters of vape solution and uh you know hundreds and hundreds of tincture bottles for others to pick up and all the while i was doing research for what i wanted to do to start my thing yeah and that's kind of when i landed into water soluble and eventually just made the leap and went for it
0: nice nice so tell us a little bit about your brand and the products that you developed
1: right so the brand is called uncanny wellness And from the beginning, we've been purely doing water-soluble powder-based formulations. And so can that, you
0: so explain a little bit about what that means? We have the conversation. There's some awareness. People are starting to catch the lingo, but let's just imagine that a lot of the folks who are listening to this are not going to know the difference mm-hmm. between supercritical you know, CO2 versus a water extraction or you know an alcohol extraction. So I, I love to just dive into the details of those things because. To humanize the conversation, there's so much happening, right? Like no one's going to explain to you how your your Vicodin is made. But I want this medicine to have the transparency and visibility and understanding so that we are educated, empowered consumers and are really looking for the things that are going to create the results that we're looking for, but make the difference in the lives Mm -hmm. that other products won't make. So explain to us what water-soluble and supercritical CO2 and all of that stuff means.
1: Yeah, I love that and thank you for stopping me because one, really one of my favorite things to do is to wind it back and really just get the fundamentals understood so that then people can be empowered to go make the right decisions and they don't just have buzzwords in their head that are totally yeah. unfounded. So really it comes down to whether it's CO2 as the extraction method or another type the natural form of the extracts you know when all the goodness is pulled out of that plant it's gonna be an oil that's just the way it is and it's the way that a lot of plants are I'd say I think it's like up to 40% of new drug compounds that are discovered many of which are from botanicals are actually fat soluble and so oils fats those are kind of uh, one and the same so with CO2, which is the most popular by far form of the extract, you know, that's gonna be able to be dissolved in other oils. You know, you can picture it like you have your 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 plant material with everything in it. When it goes through the extraction process, it's basically getting boiled down, not actually boiling, but reduced to this more concentrated oil with fats, waxes, cannabinoids, terpenes, all that good stuff. And at that point, it really is the most full spectrum Mm -hmm. because the entire spectrum of the constituents inside that extract are still there. Nothing's been removed yet. And then right away when you start processing, you start pulling some things out. So like, for example, when I was working in the CO2 extraction lab, the first thing we did was uh, winterization, which basically is mixing with an ethanol, like an alcohol solution, which then allows you to separate out the fats and waxes so it goes from like a like a really goopy orangey paste to more of a like dark brown or black oil and you're removing those like literal just plant fats from the extract which make it a lot uh, cleaner if you will a lot easier to formulate and work with you know technically those are part of the spectrum and once you remove those, then you're already kind of getting into that broad spectrum territory. And then, you know, that basically implies that a lot of, a lot of those natural compounds are there, but maybe not all of them for any given reason. Some of them will be intentionally removed. Some of them are just naturally lost in the act of processing it into its final form. But really all of those oil-based extracts, you know, the vast majority of what we see out there in this industry today is just that oil mixed with carrier oils. Mm -hmm. That's what your vapes are going to be. That's what your tinctures are going to be. Creams, salves, all of those are just that potent, really sticky, kind of hard to work with oil mixed with the carrier. That's like, you know, to understand that is to understand what most of the products are out there. And then the variation within that realm is what's the carrier oil, are people adding other ingredients, are people adding flavors, things like that. So that's when, you know, the quality question kind of comes into play. So what we do then is we go one step further because, you know, as you can kind of think of all the oil-based products that are out there they're going to be, you know, for under the tongue, the sublingual applications like a tincture or through the skin or into the lungs. But to properly absorb CBD in the stomach, you need to do some extra chemistry, some extra conversion. Um, And that really just comes down to this phenomenon known as the first pass effect or first pass metabolism. They're kind of used interchangeably. And all that says is that C- certain drug compounds, CBD and cannabis extract being one of them, uh, have a really hard time being absorbed in the stomach. And it's just a mechanism basically that will you process it, it gets sent to your liver and it gets eliminated before you can fully absorb it into your bloodstream and get it systemically circulating through your body. Mm-hmm. So with this conversion that we do, it's basically allowing it so that you can swallow it and still get the full dose that you're expecting.
0: Uh, I'm going to just interject yeah. here to to bring in just a little piece. So basically, the reason why these steps are so important is because the hemp molecule in itself is too big for the human body to absorb independently. We put it inside of a fat carrier or an oil-based carrier because then the liver grabs onto it and starts to filter it or process it. The liver is basically your filtration system for your body. Everything that goes through there, all of the minerals and extracts and fats and you know oils and all of the things get filtered through there while the stomach and the intestine are pulling those minerals out and creating nourishment for your body. Now, whatever the body cannot process goes through the liver. And in a lot of cases, most of your hemp is actually going to the liver, which you can actually OD on CBD because it is such a large molecule. It go, it creates a fatty liver. Mm-hmm. So you can get liver pain if you eat too much cbd and if it's put into an oil that can't actually be absorbed into the body so a lot of the times you're looking at a let's call it a 300 milligram bottle a couple of things to pay attention to number one how many of the milligrams in your bottle are active and number two what is the absorption capability for the carrier that's in the bottle you're hearing words like liposomal You're hearing words like nanotech, you're hearing words Mm -hmm. like water soluble, and then people are also saying, you know, MCT oil and blah, blah, blah. So so it's just important for you to understand that each one of these technobabble words that are being thrown around right now is only describing the carrier oil and the method or bioavailability of the oil that you're taking. So if it's liposomal, nanotech, water soluble, it's... Mm -hmm generally seven to 10 times more bioavailable because the molecule has been encapsulated and broken down to a smaller molecular weight or size mm-hmm. so that your natural body can in fact absorb it without polluting the liver.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well said. Um, yeah, all of those kind of techie, uh, conversions that are people, people are doing to, increase the absorption capability of cbd they're all really just particle size reduction technologies yes. That's kind of what it comes down to whether it's you know like our powders uh, technically micro encapsulated so it's sub micron size There are people that go all the way to nano size particles and you know like micro and nano those are literally just measurements mm-hmm. right? um, some people i think don't realize that where we're just like you know, you could have like a nano ruler almost and measuring particles that are really tiny, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's all it's doing. And some carrier oils mixed, you know, with the um, normal oil will help to improve the bioavailability. Like if you took CBD oil straight versus with MCT oil, you might get some improved absorption with the MCT version, but Mm -hmm. still these technologies are not new. They're not created by cannabis people. These technologies are used every single day in drug delivery science for other mainstream applications.
0: Do you so, think it's trippy? Do you, I want to just ask you this question because yeah. we're on the subject? But do you think it's trippy? That's one of our number one marketing ploys in the CBD space. Is like nano and liposomal and all of this stuff like nobody fucking talked about that when you're like hey take this Xanax you know it's nanotech like no
1: (laughs) it's you know the the way I see it it's like with so much noise in this space and Mm -hmm. it's like there's new entries into this industry every day practically and so many people are pretty much releasing the same exact product it's just different branding or a different flavor dropped into the oil. So yeah, the nano, the liposomal, all these things are really buzzwords that I think are just used as marketing uh, you know, tactics. That's why whenever I talk about water-soluble, I really try to say why it's important and I'm also not using like too sciencey of terms because really when you say this is a microencapsulated hemp extract people might nod their head but they have no idea what you're talking about They're so not but they don't say, care. this is water soluble and that oil soluble can't be you know c- normally cbd oil can't be absorbed well so we convert it to this form that can be dissolved in water so you can absorb it more that seems to make sense to people you know we are water-based beings And you know, water is the universal solvent of life. It's, it's important. And when I talk to people, no matter where I am, it seems to click. It's like, Oh, of course. Yeah. Gotta have it, you know, more soluble. I can absorb more when I take it makes perfect sense. And it really is just so important because like you said, it's night and day difference. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you just swallowed 10 milligram dose of a standard oil based extract, you're maybe getting one or two milligrams absorbed, but then you do this conversion technique and you can actually get the full dose. And so, you know, for some people that maybe aren't having the best experience with CBD or uh, they're not getting the results they're looking for, a big reason could be because they're just swallowing a tincture. And so they think they're taking 30 milligrams a day and they're taking three. And so, you know, I think also the flip side of that is people are doing that, but they say, Oh, I actually have been feeling benefits. And to me, that's more of a testament to actually how potent and how powerful CBD can be in small amounts. Because the whole idea of more is better does not necessarily apply. You know, there's a certain sweet spot for everybody. For one person, that might be a five milligram dose. For another person, that might be a hundred fifty milligram dose. Mm-hmm. Depends on the starting point. Depends on what they're trying to achieve, and an array of other factors. So yeah, you know, it's a confusing space, and I think those buzzword you know, technical jargon only helps to muddy the waters. And then with the whole phrasing of, you know, full spectrum, broad spectrum, isolate, you know, which is the right one to use? What does that even mean? Only helps to further confuse people. So I think just being as clear as possible is super important. That's been a a tactic of mine growing Uncanny Wellness is just like, be a source of non-BS info that people can actually understand and walk away having learned something so that they can go make the right decision.
0: Love that. Love that. So how long has Uncanny Wellness been around?
1: So it, uh, it's been like three and a half years now and it's been quite the journey, you know, like things were very different back when I started in 2016 And I was, uh, you know, solopreneur running it totally myself up until October of this past year. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of exploring product market fit and just generally dealing with the uh, roadblocks Mm -hmm. that are here in this industry.
0: Share, do tell more
1: tell. yeah well well there's I mean, some unique one.
0: there's some unique challenges yeah. that come along with this industry, and I love to hear the perspective from the entrepreneur because a lot of our a lot of our um listeners are considering getting into the movement or already have an established business here and they either need to know what they're getting ready to come up against or they need, or they'll be sitting there relating to being like, fucking a right. I did the same thing happen to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's tough. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. And um, you know, for me, I'm continually reminding myself, Hey, you, you signed up for this. Like you got into this industry. It's so early. So dealing with the extra BS is just part of it. But basically, you know, when you look you know where you're reading books you're watching videos you're learning about starting a business or launching a e-commerce based business or whatever it might be there are certain fundamental tools and tactics that the entire world uses that this industry still cannot yeah simple so so like simple things like instagram and facebook and social media marketing strategies boosting posts you know like dialing into those analytics so that you can target your demographic perfectly That's pretty much off the table still. You know, there are workarounds. Some people are figuring out how to do it, but a lot of that comes down to like not saying CBD anywhere. You know, one decision that I had to make early on was, am I going to say CBD? Mm -hmm. I chose to, but there are brands right now that are selling on Amazon, even though Amazon has a no CBD policy. Mm -hmm. And it's because they don't say it anywhere on their label, anywhere on their website or anything like that. So- they might be able to kind of like sneak in while the rest of us can't, but then they have this whole other set of, you know, issues to deal with, namely confused customers that are reading the label and be like 20 milligrams of rich hemp extract. What does that mean? You know? Uh, So it's, it's just a really funny space where people are kind of like trying to sneak into places that aren't allowed. And we're also very much pre-regulatory still. Like, yes, the 2018 Farm Bill did allow for hemp and CBD to be grown and be sold and separated from the DEA, but now it's on the FDA, and the FDA has taken their sweet time to come out with any proper regulation and guidelines, which means that you have states and local authorities that are scrambling to figure out what to do with all this. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately for every one person that gets into this industry that is, you know, motivated by the right things and believes in hemp as a powerful, righteous plant to help heal ourselves and the planet. There's five people that are just trying to make a quick buck that are going to say anything. You're going to slap any buzzword they can onto you. You're going to break all the rules just to earn some money because it is a booming industry. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that kind of is a stain on what the rest of us are trying to do, which is, you know, the right thing and really move this forward into the space it should be.
0: So what advice can you give knowing that the challenges of just basic business operation are there for the budding entrepreneurs who are coming into this space what are some pieces of advice that you can offer them? Let's say three things that help you stay in the game and, mm-hmm. and win uh, well yeah. enough to be able to you know, continue.
1: I'd say, you know, for one, do something different. You know, I think the the window of opportunity to just launch a tincture brand is quickly coming to a close. And the main reason for that is because, yeah, in in, in 2016, it was still new, novel, exciting. Everybody was like, oh, what's that? That's intriguing. Uh, Let me buy some. But nowadays, you have mainstream supplement brands already nationally distributed, already Mm -hmm. in Whole Foods and natural grocers around the country moving into this space. And many of them are moving into this space with your baseline of like the normal products, the creams, the tinctures, you know, things like that.
0: All the Me Too so, products and brands. Yeah, all,
1: all the Me Too. And they're just doing Me Too bigger and better and with millions of dollars in marketing budgets. Yeah. So, <laughs> unless, you, unless you're coming in And out the distribution eat, channels. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're basically plugged in and ready to go. So like now there's some big dogs that are here to play. And unless you have some like really special niche that you're going for that you clearly see is not being spoken to, then, you know, doing just a me too oil based product is probably not the move that is, you know, again, unless you're just trying to create a little like, you know, side project home business and you're not really worried about making it be a, a big brand or something like that. So the, I guess that would bring me to the second point, which is um, you know, what, scale what scope are you trying to get into this as are you trying to be like a nationally recognized brand because that's going to take a whole different strategy than just being a local go-to where you're at your farmers markets and selling into local apothecaries and different Mm -hmm. health food stores things like that Mm -hmm. and both are totally valid but totally different approaches Um, are you doing are
0: you doing farmers markets up in boulder
1: so i'm not you know i kind of uh I started more in that direction and have since pivoted away from that type of thing. And generally like the way I describe it is I was in retail, you know, I did have a whole line of products that was nationally distributed in Lucky's market and um, was in other retail stores and they weren't performing so well for various reasons. I ended up discontinuing that product line, but also pivoting my whole uh, strategy away from fighting for shelf space in the retail store, away away from like fighting for attention in the farmer's market per se and like demoing and more into this you know food service approach. Now I'm working with the coffee shops. That's like my main wholesale accounts are cafes that will sell this as an add-on To their menu and yeah you go into a coffee shop and if you want to choose cbd for your latte it's not like there's 10 brands each with five products and you have to choose one of them there's one option and it's uncanny wellness and because of that too you know all of these me too brands that are basically looking at what everybody's done the past few years and you know, launching in with a bigger budget and a bigger branding and, you know, existing distribution network, you're fighting against them. And the thing is too, with retail that, you know, you start and you're in the natural independent stores and, you know, it's pretty cool. They support you. You're getting good relationships going, but then you go up a tier Mm -hmm. and then you go into the like, uh, smaller chains and it starts to get a little, you know, funky where maybe you need to, You know, you have to participate in those sales. Otherwise, they're probably not going to carry you. And then Mm -hmm. you go up a little more and you have to pay to even be on the shelf. To the point where like by the time you're distributing in UNFI, you're getting like booklets of chargebacks and it's a whole different beast. And you're continually paying to get onto the shelf, fighting for that retail space. Your margins are dropping the whole time. You have less control over the actual product touch points. You have less control over the customer experience. And so much of that comes down to, do you have the capability to be demoing in every store? Do you have the capability to, you know, be educating all the employees? Because really, if the person in the store doesn't really know your brand and they're working in that department, they're going to recommend somebody else. So it's a whole tricky game to play. And, um, you know, again, if, if that's, What makes sense for your product and for, you know, your skill set, then go for it. But there are other ways to get into hemp that beyond just launching, you know, one of those things and going into the retail space.
0: I think that's such badass advice. I have to be honest. I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, Oh, how am I going to make my brand? And I'm like, "Mm, your brand is going to be another me too product. I always ask them to niche down and find out like, what do you really want to be doing? I think that's such Mm -hmm. a cool niche, the way that you've come into coffee shops. Like, that's such a great way and you can overcome so much in the advertising planes to, to get your ideal customer. Yeah. So super cool. And, and it lines up perfectly
1: because, you know, with the whole oil soluble, not being able to dissolve into drinks or water or anything like that. Unfortunately, a lot of coffee shops have seen this trend and they've just been dropping oil in and it's floating to the top of a latte, but everyone's like, oh, I'm hip and cool. I'm gonna drink it anyway with a smile on my face. When in reality, doesn't taste good doesn't mix in the drinks well and it also doesn't absorb well in the stomach so just so happens that exactly what we were doing was perfect for that market love it
0: where do you see the industry in in the next year
1: the next year well i think the the big thing really that i'm watching for you know there's There's so much noise happening all the time. I I tend to like very quickly look at the news and the Google alerts and then cruise past it. The big thing is going to be the FDA. If they come out with the, with really any set of regulations that outlines how it's, this is all going to be treated. Then that's going to open up the doors big time. It's going to hopefully fix some banking issues, you know, merchant processing for online brands like myself. And until that happens, It's still kind of this baby step thing where, you know, we're seeing major institutions adopt CBD, whether it's Mm -hmm. retail chains or major brands launching CBD products. And that's going to continue slowly because everyone's basically just like, it's still risky, but let's let's go for it. So once the FDA really clears up what the deal is, then it's going to be like all all, all systems go um, that that I think is going to be the biggest thing because it's really one of the only big things left you know it's already uh, legal from the farm bill the USDA is already moving more quickly to come up with like cultivation um, best practices and regulations so mm-hmm. all that's being cleared up but um, yeah it's just these these federal institutions that need to come out with the right policies just so that people aren't guessing on the ground level. That's, that's the big thing to look for. But I mean, I think it's a uh, Forbes said it's at like $2 billion right now, hemp CBD. And in the next like four or five years, it's gonna get to 22 billion. Quite significant growth. And we're, it's definitely not all gonna be tinctures. So I would, I would encourage anybody listening to this, anybody that's curious to get into this space, to maybe think outside the box. Because there was like uh, an advisor of mine gave me a piece of advice earlier on where it was like, you know, talking about the gold rush. Like you can be the dude mining for the gold or you can be the guy selling the picks and shovels. You know, there's so many different ways to interact with this space, especially because hemp is such a diverse plant with so many different industrial applications. You know, like we use um, like hemp packaging for our single serve packets uh I have a box right here so you know like these are made out of a uh, hemp cardboard uh um, which is it. super cool you know that's a whole nother thing and then we have um we have these like 3d printed hemp plastic scoopers that go into every jar of our barista blend products so that you can easily scoop out the dose so There's just, you know, from plastic to paper to CBD to hempcrete making buildings, like don't pigeonhole yourself into oil tinctures. There's so much to do. And really, the other aspects of this plant need more attention because, you know, this was the cannabis plant in general, but hemp was one of humanity's greatest plant allies for thousands of years. And we're just coming out of this like 80 year blackout where we forgot everything and like forgot how important this plant was and all that it can do. And now we're coming back into that for the first time. So it's really such an incredible opportunity. And there's so much room for creativity and really like doing the work to see like what your unique skill set is, what you're passionate about. And then figuring out how that applies to help bring this whole industry online.
0: Love it. Couldn't have said it better. Any final additions before we complete today's interview? I mean, that was a pretty solid closing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, just, just go for it. Be creative. You know, don't be afraid to push the boundaries and this very exciting time right now where, nearly everything that's happening is unprecedented it's uncharted waters so to really just get out there and hustle and do the right thing and operate ethically and help tell people the truth so that they're informed and learning yourself so that you could be more informed everyone's gonna benefit from it, including you. So just go for it, it's a great industry and we need more like-minded, badass humans like you to get into Love
0: it, like-minded, badass humans. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hemp Revolution. If you are a budding entrepreneur or an established brand and you are trying to figure out how to stay relevant in this industry, or reduce your costs or solve some of these pillar challenges that are exclusive to our space go ahead and check us out at the emeraldcircle.com we are here to help you with one of the largest most hyper-engaged networks in the entire world. If you are trying to save money on manufacturing, figure out your banking, advertising, and promotions, we have literally built one of the largest, most hyper-engaged education platforms in the world right now. And are they are starving for brands products, and services from amazing, badass humans, just like yourself. And we want to be the liaison to help our consumers get connected to incredible products and services, just like yours. If you are a patient and you are looking for the brands that are going to make the difference in your life, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and we will see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests, and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis, and we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, We challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.